0: Uh, what got you there what got, you, got, you? What got you there with got you there? Uh, what got you there with what got you there with, what got you there? with got you Chris there? Long with is a Shondalini. defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles. In 2008, Chris was drafted number two overall by the St. Louis Rams and went on to be on the all-rookie team. Last year Chris won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. This season, Chris is donating his entire playing salary to supporting education in different cities that he's played and lived in. In addition to those philanthropic endeavors, Chris started Waterboys. Waterboys unites NFL players from across the league in service. As Waterboys, players put aside allegiance and team up with fans in support of a single shared cause, providing clean, accessible drinking water to rural communities in East Africa. This episode dives deep with one of the most giving people in sports. Chris, thanks for joining us on What Got You There. How you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, man?
0: I'm good, man. You have been in the news recently. A lot of great stuff going on all off the field. I want to jump into that right off the bat. So you've done some incredible things on the field, but the biggest things you've done in the past few weeks is you donated your first six game checks, uh, scholarships in your hometown. And then you just said that you're going to donate your final 10 game checks. What inspired this?
1: Well, I mean, uh, the best part about playing football in the NFL for as long as I have is, uh, obviously being given the resources to affect change. And then, uh, Also, uh, having the platform to kind of multiply the influence, whether it's through social media or, uh, you know, through hopefully setting an example. And uh, I've been lucky enough to make good money playing football. Uh, It's a great job. Uh, It can be hard, but, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it. And, uh, you know, this year, for a number of reasons, uh, we wanted to push harder in the uh, educational uh, scope uh, my wife and I have, have always viewed uh, education and investing in youth, whether it's Boys and Girls Club, after school programs, uh, or scholarships in my hometown as a really great way to invest and improve in improving the country and your community. Uh, you know, the, the thing about kids is they can't decide, they have no say in their home life, they have no say in their educational opportunity or lack thereof, so... Uh, I wanted to continue it this year. Uh, we did something in Charlottesville, which obviously you know brought some positivity to that area after the summer and everything went down there, but wanted to balance it out with a, a more macro kind of approach to it. So the last 10 game checks are going to uh, different organizations in three markets that I've played in, Philly, Boston, St. Louis, and uh, their organizations are Summer Search, uh, Little Bit Foundation, and college bound and it kind of comprehensively attacks uh you know educational uh inequality and lack of opportunity for a lot of underserved youth so we're excited about it and fans have already pitched in i mean like we announced this thing you know at yesterday morning and it's felt like a long time because there's been so much that's gone into it but we're at almost about 200k uh of fan and uh social pledges. Uh, and so that's well over a quarter of the way to the match. So I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. I love how you're using your platform for that. And my wife and I, we already talked about it. We're definitely donating to that cause cause I love what you, you guys are doing to support education, how important that is. I want to know, when did you know you were going to do that this season?
1: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you thinking of us. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it kind of like anything with me, I got a lot of, Crazy ideas that, and <laughs> 50% of them are bad ideas, and 50% are good. Uh, and I can be a little impulsive, but it's something I kind of wanted to do for a while. This year for me was uh, certainly not about money. Uh, this year for me was about having fun, and uh, you know, finding a, a place to kind of finish my career. Whether it's you know, I'm whether I play another year or five more years. I hope it's here. Um, you know, and and hopefully giving back and using my platform to give back. So, uh, you know, last year lucky enough to win a Super Bowl um, in St. Louis didn't enjoy a lot of winning, but uh, you know had some individual success. Uh, so now here I am, um, you know, my third team, and and uh, I just decided as the as the year went on, as the year got started, and we 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 talked about ramping up the scholarship fun back home. I said, well, what the hell? Why don't we just uh, do the whole year for uh, educational equity and opportunities? So um, I think it makes my job a lot more fun. uh, It's something I've always wondered if I could pull off, you know, if I could pull off like really playing football for free. Uh, I don't know that I could play for free unless it had a cause behind it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'm not getting paid. Uh, You know, my game checks aren't going to me. Uh, But at the same time, uh, it's going to a purpose. And so that to me isn't playing for free. Uh, and, And I really, I've enjoyed, you know, coming to work every day, realizing that,
0: you know, I've got a lot more people depending on me than just myself. Yeah, playing for a lot more people. That's cool and definitely inspiring there. Something we ask all of our guests, though, is how do you start each day? So as an NFL athlete, what does that morning look like? Do you have any routines? I know you've got a young one at home I'm sure you're busy with.
1: Yeah, well, in the morning, the awesome thing is, you know, sleep is so important for NFL athletes, especially during the year. And usually I'm out of bed about 7, 15, 7, 20. And I'm one of the guys that probably rolls out of bed the last uh, – last on the list on my team, you know, uh, I'm, you know, a lot of times coaches and, and, you know, fans and players use a cliche, you know, first one in the building. Well, my, my, my opinion's always been you can get the same amount of work done after work, uh, than, than you can before. So I want to maximize my sleep. I've got my routine down where I need to be out the door within like, you know, 14 minutes and, <laughs> Know my crew, and I can be there right on time. And then after work, I'm going to be there as long as I need to be to watch film, get my body right, um, you know, do those extra things that you learn over the course of your career to be successful. So, you know, if we get out at 4:45, I might be there till 7:30 at night. Um, but I'm not going to be the first one in the building, you know, and, and I'll never be one to pretend I am. You know, for me, just just hit the ground running, get ready as fast as I can, hop in the car and uh first thing I do is probably open Twitter to check and make sure that the the world's not ending or something uh and and
0: kind of check the news that way What's your Twitter been like the last couple of days? It's been positive for- <laughs> man it must be blowing up right now
1: but but i you know I check it more I check it more in the morning to see uh you know what current events are transpiring and um Certainly, with all the craziness that's going on in the country in a lot of different ways, you know, new stuff is popping up every day and around the world. Uh, So Twitter is a good way to kind of get your news and digest it that way. Sometimes I wish that's all I could do with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned all the chaos that's going on in the world. I think that's one of the best things about what you're doing right now. I feel like it's almost one of the only positive things I've seen in sports in the past few weeks. So it's great seeing that. I know you kind of mentioned preparing your body huge into health and fitness on this podcast. They would love hearing that from the guests. Any things that you've learned over your career that you do to kind of maintain your body?
1: Well, I, I believe, um, that there's an abundance of, um, kind of newer research items that are always on the table for pro athletes, uh, that are always developing, you know, whether it's some sort of sports science edge or, uh, you know, a technique of massage or acupuncture or, uh, you know, people sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, you know, cryotherapy, there's so many avenues you can go down and certain guys swear by, uh, each Avenue. For me, what I've figured out is that, um, investing in your body is the best investment you can make. I spend a ton of money and time on my body during the year. Uh, I fly in an acupuncturist, uh, who also does ART, um, weekly. Uh, and I get two massages a week. Um, I'm in, if you've seen the Norma boots, I, I really believe in those. Uh, and I really believe in the basics at the end of the day, you could do all that, um, auxiliary stuff, but if you don't hydrate and you don't get eight hours of sleep, uh, and you're not eating right, um, and you're partying on the weekends, those, that's not a formula for success. You can get in all the cryotherapy chambers you want. You can do all the acupuncture you want. Uh, you can, you know, take weird vitamins, but I really believe in the basics, and that's sleep, hydration, and nutrition. Uh, and, and that's the thing that's that's allowed me to uh, continue to play at a, a solid level into my thirties um, in a highly physical sport. And I've prided myself on durability, uh, and that's something that you got to pay attention to as your body.
0: Who's the most impressive athlete in the Long family? Oh Kyle for sure my brother uh would he take you in a wrestling match yeah for sure I'm <laughs> by about
1: sixty pounds and uh you know he's three inches taller than me so uh he's he's like a a, a miniature bear uh <laughs> funny because he's on the bears but um my dad's a great athlete Kyle's got that same kind of effortless uh you you pick up a new sport and you can just learn it in a day and he looks like a real natural at it. And then, you know, obviously Meg, my wife, uh, <laughs> she uh, she's, uh, now that she's part of the family, uh, you know, I think she's got to be in that conversation too.
0: Yeah, she might have all you guys beat there. <laughs> so, I mean, what is that like growing up? Dad's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's so incredible. Three very talented boys they, they raise. How does that happen?
1: Well, I think, uh, obviously... Anybody who's in the NFL or plays a professional sport has got to have some level of uh, genetics that you know sets them apart and gives them that opportunity. And uh, my dad's a really good athlete; um, certainly worked very hard for what he has. But uh, but you know you need that prerequisite. And uh, Kyle is a freak of nature. I'm a pretty good athlete. I would put myself a few notches below him. And my brother Howie, who's uh, you know. A great athlete in a smaller size. Uh, you know, he, we, we say he's, he's normal size or, you know, people call him Little Howie in our family, but he's not a small guy. I mean, he's just not as big as me and my brother. But he was a great athlete in high school, quarterback, lacrosse player, went to Virginia to play lacrosse, um, and now works for the Raiders as a uh, personnel guy. So it's really cool that, like, football, although it was the furthest thing from being on purpose has kind of drawn us all in, for better or for worse. And the guy who's going to have the job way longer than any of us is Howie, my youngest (laughs) brother, because the cool thing I tell him about it is, uh, you know, being a pro football player, they're trying to run you out of the league, and you're probably done by 30. Uh, You're lucky if you play into your 30s. But as a personnel guy, hopefully one day he'll be a GM, and he'll have more power than any of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're so multifaceted off the field. Were you like that as a kid? Were you philanthropic? Were you entrepreneurial? Anything like that throughout middle school or high school?
1: I was just all over the place. I mean, I always had a lot of big, stupid ideas uh, <laughs> and some some ideas and, uh, and certainly a short attention span, but uh, always trying to do a lot of different things. And um, I guess uh, I get that kind of fidgety – Nature from my mom. She's she's uh, in. She's all over the place. She's got a lot of energy. She's uh, to me. She's one of my heroes, and she's definitely uh, very philanthropic. Being on the board at the Boys and Girls Club for a long time, and um, she's very creative, and she's got to be on the move all the time. And you know, the cool thing about my mom, I think, is uh, you know how social she is in a really genuine way. Uh, she really enjoys. Meeting new people, she makes everybody in the room feel, you know, special and cool, uh, and it's all genuine. It's not an act. So, I think as far as like my energy to do things off the field, that that would come from her, and uh, you know, certainly not to leave my dad out of the equation, but he gets plenty of love. When you are off the field, what do you like to do? Uh, you know, right now, be a dad. I mean, it's it's the coolest thing that you know uh, I've ever been able to to do is be a father uh, coming home every night and seeing Waylon our son who's 19 months old Uh, that's like number one you know when we're back home we live in Charlottesville Virginia which is a beautiful place you know getting outside when you can hiking the rare camping trip with all my buddies uh, that seems to get rarer and rarer every year Uh, so uh, you know stuff like that I enjoy I guess I, you know, sometimes I rack my brain for hobbies. I like to fly my drone, um, you know, stuff like that. Just being outside and enjoying my friends as well.
0: Oh, that's awesome! No, flying the drone that's that's funny. It makes me think of my dad. He, I feel like, has almost been arrested multiple times from illegally yeah. flying that thing all over the place. So, yeah. I should link <laughs> you to
1: myself, but it is hard to, to follow FAA regulations. <laughs> I'm the only one around. Uh, how could it be illegal? But yeah, you got to be careful with those things. They're amazing machines, though.
0: Yeah, they're very cool for sure. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Are you looking to finish the latest thriller, such as The Girl on the Train, while you're at the gym or in the car? Well, now you can. For listeners of What Got You There podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check this out. Head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash whatgotyouthere to choose from over 180,000 titles to select the book you want to hear next. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and washhouses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to DSTLD.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So what's it like? We always talk about kind of adversity, and you're drafted number two overall. How do you handle that type of pressure and then succeed, go on to be Rookie of the Year? Uh,
1: Well, it it certainly – it certainly – it takes it takes a lot of uh, belief in yourself. Um, you know, you can't be complacent or arrogant because you were drafted high. Because to me, that's just the beginning of an opportunity. I didn't feel like I ever took it as an accomplishment. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people when they get drafted feel like, okay, I've made it. You know, I've accomplished something. When for me, I was like, man, this is a lot of pressure. You know, and. I need to try to live up to this and you know, at times you fall short. I mean, there's a lot of uh, expectations that come with being a high draft picked and, and uh, you know, coming to a, a bad team, you know, that, that comes with being a high draft pick. So you, you add that on and there's a lot of pressure uh, and it's not an ideal situation, but um, you know, you certainly have a lot to be thankful for uh, and you're going to get all the opportunities you need to succeed. You know, one thing about the league is where you're drafted is definitely going to um, give you the opportunities you need to go make plays. You're going to get more snaps. You're going to get more chances, uh, and certainly you do a lot to position yourself. Uh, <laughs> Waylon just visited us. Yeah, he's always he's always welcome on the podcast. Got <laughs> <laughs> a lot to say. But yeah, I mean, like certainly you accomplish something, you put yourself in that position by having a great college career. But uh, as a pro, you know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that there are a lot of guys that were undrafted or drafted late uh, who aren't going to get the same opportunities as you. So I never took it lightly. I didn't think it made me special or anything like that. And, uh, you know, that's made me better for it, you know, dealing with that pressure.
0: Yeah. I have to assume that never made it mentality also contributes to you being in the league for so long, which is one of the most difficult things to do. And you mentioned when you came in, not being on a good team. And then last year you were fortunate enough to be on the Patriots. Uh, I was talking earlier with Chris Hogan, one of our mutual friends, he's on the Patriots and he said, I had to bring up the Julian mask. (laughs) The Julian
1: mask. Yes. That was one of my favorite parts of last year. Uh, you know, that had a lot of applications. Uh, uh, You know, it can be pretty serious in that building, uh, and it's a great place to work, and I love those guys, man. Uh, I mean, uh, talk about making a ton of lifelong friends in one year. Uh, You know, Jules is one of my favorites. Uh, He's just a caricature of himself. And so I had to get the mask. I got this super uh, expensive—it's almost like a resin mask that uh, you can get online. You send them a picture, and they make this creepy— realistic like V for vendetta looking flesh colored mask that looked looked just like Jules and I got one of Rob Nikovich too and go in the open locker room and do my Jules impression and sit at his locker. And I'd have reporters around me asking me questions like I was Jules. Uh, and you know he'd walk in of course and he probably was pissed off I was stealing his shine. <laughs> but it was great. And then, you know, I took it to the parade after we won the Super Bowl, which was a blur. And of course we were, we were all hammered. So I lost the mask. (laughs) Somebody downtown in Boston has the legendary Julian mask. I'd love, I want to put a reward out for it.
0: We might have to get that up there. I mean, is that locker room? Is that the most fun thing in sports? Is that what keeps you going?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like any locker room you work really hard in it day to day. I think, uh, you know the thing about football is there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and I think some people assume that, you know, you show up, you practice, you play in a game, and you go home. Um, there's so much, you know, meeting time, preparation. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, this is guys' livelihood, um, and and it's not always uh, it's not always what people imagine. Like everybody's driving that sports car. You know, certainly a lot of guys are are, are living a great life and. Um, all that, but I know guys that are living at like the Courtyard Marriott, and that are bouncing around. Their families are back home. Uh, you know, they're certainly being compensated well for it, but uh, it's 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 a grind for a lot of guys, and and it's a grind for everyone, really, physically and mentally and emotionally. So having those teammates that you can kind of lean on and and the camaraderie every day—that's the like special part of football, and I think that's what keeps guys coming back. Uh, whether you're a 10-year vet that's been uh, blessed enough to play a long time and been compensated well for it, or a second-year guy that's you know on practice squad that has no real uh, stability um, in his career and hasn't been compensated well for it at all. I mean, the tie that binds us all is, is that
0: camaraderie. Yeah, no, it's cool hearing about that. And you, you mentioned the seriousness in the locker room at times, so I've got to ask about Bill Belichick. Do you have any funny stories that people don't really get to see?
1: uh bill he's he's a lot cooler than people would ever would ever uh realize i think uh the coolest thing about him is his his stealth sense of humor uh it's um it it comes out from time to time and he does everything with a straight face as you could imagine like totally deadpan uh and when he does it just makes it so much more effective you know if somebody's being funny all the time, I mean, how funny are they? I mean, Bill, he's going to sneak a great joke in maybe twice a week. And uh, it's usually going to be a team meeting and everybody's going to be crying, laughing. So he's, he's a lot more relaxed than you might think uh, outside of football. And he certainly does have a sense of humor.
0: Do you guys ever pull any good pranks on him? No, I think he, <laughs> too afraid. <laughs> Maybe somebody has.
1: I can't remember pulling any pranks on him, um, but I, if
0: anybody could do it, maybe it would be Tom. Oh, that would be that would be great to hear that story. So, is he one? Of you, is, I mean, is he your favorite coach of all time?
1: You know, I've been lucky to have a lot of great coaches. I think they're all different. Um, he's certainly the one that. No. He's certainly the one that Waylon doesn't want to go to bed. Bubba, you got to go to bed. You got to go to bed. It's it's eight. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> Uh, my my son's a maniac, uh, but yeah, certainly Bill. Bill, in a sense that you know, every day when you walk into work, you're you're watching history. I mean, kind of unfold. You know, not just Bill, but um, you know Tom and the historic uh, collaboration that they've been able to uh, go through with over the last decade plus. Um, every time you sit in a team meeting with him, he is the most comprehensive expert on all phases of the game. Uh, he could coach any position, like literally he could walk into your meeting room and, uh, and he could coach your position as well as anybody that coaches that position in the NFL. Uh, he's just, he's acquired so much knowledge. Um, but I've had a lot of great coaches, you know, and I don't want to minimize anybody else. Obviously, his resume is the best, but, um, you know, it takes a lot to win. It takes talent, talented players. And he certainly had those. And he's also done a good job of compiling talent.
0: Yeah. What was that year like? I mean, culminating with the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, just the narrative, the storytelling, all with that. I mean, it was a dream come true. What's that like?
1: It's really cool. I mean, coming from a team where you're scratching and clawing just to win a game, uh, and every week is like, you know, if you win, it's uh it's a big deal and you're you're gonna be out with your buddies, you're gonna party, it's like, man, we uh you know, the Rams gotta win. Uh <laughs> to going up there and you're expected to win. You expect to win, you prepare uh with that expectation and um You've got to go. You've got to go execute on Sunday, and when you're done with the win, it's on to the next thing very quickly. I mean, there's no time to, uh, you know, rest on your laurels, and uh, everything seems to be building towards, uh, you know, December, January, and hopefully February. And that's kind of the way it is. There is when, when the weather gets cold, that's when the real football starts, and you want to everything is building towards uh being the best team you can be when that happens when did it finally set
0: in that you actually were a super bowl champ
1: man uh some some days it still it still doesn't uh compute you know uh or the the fashion that we did it in um you know some days it's it's hard to it's hard to really come to grips with i mean because it was so unlikely And, uh, it was so in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of guys on the team, they might not be as honest as me. I, I didn't think we were going to win that game after a while. I mean, uh, being down that much, uh, if, if you listen to, you know, statistics about, uh, you know, turnover margin or, you know, if team X is up by X amount of points in in whatever quarter, I mean, uh, if you believe in, in those sort of probabilities, our probabilities were super low. I mean, astronomically low. I think I saw like a 538 thing, if, you're, if you follow them, that gave us you know less than a 1% chance. And uh, no one gave up. I'm sure in some people's minds, they thought, if I was, if I was to take a guess if we're going to lose this game, we probably are. But when you have a team that, that's that mentally tough, you take things one play at a time. Uh, there's no big revelation at halftime it's you want to get in this game you got to you got to get into it the same way we we lost control of it which is one play at a time
0: were you guys just laughing the next morning if sports center was on and you you guys saw how you were able to come back
1: i was just on a cloud man it was uh it was crazy i one of the coolest memories for me was you imagine after the super bowl um you know, as far as the parties and all that's concerned, the coolest moment for me was having my son and my wife and my dad on the field, my mom, my brothers, uh, and just the the mad scramble to find them on the field and all that chaos and uh, just finding Meg and Waylon. And uh, my son didn't know what the hell was going on. He had his, his little uh, head, concert headphones on, mm-hmm. and it was like five hours past his bedtime. Uh, but that meant so much to me. And then, you know, the party you know, all that stuff you imagine being in a club, like, you know, popping bottles and all that cliche, like we won the championship type thing. It really wasn't that. I ended up at a hotel bar with my brothers and, uh, some of my close friends were there, um, and had a great time and it was low key. And then, uh, late, late at night, I I met Rob Ninkovich, who's a dear friend back at the hotel. And, we sat up in the room and drank a couple beers, and, and four in the morning, we're watching a rerun of the game, and we're just sitting there like, we just did this. <laughs> it's it's absolutely real, uh, and, and I don't think uh, it, it set in for quite a while.
0: Well, Chris, I mean, I've been such a fan of you since you've been playing at UVA, and I was at Carolina getting to watch you there, but – I love what you do off the field so much more than what you do on the field. So I want to go back to when you went to Tanzania to climb uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Can you talk about that, how that led to starting Water Boys and what Water Boys is?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, in uh, about, I believe it was 2013, uh, it could have been 12. I don't remember which year it was the first time I went to Tanzania, but uh, I was feeling kind of like my career was going well. I was having individual success. Um, you know, I was making good money. Uh, but for me, I was always the person that was jealous of the person that took a couple years off after college and traveled, or you know, did the Peace Corps, like built houses with Habitat, like some on some island. Like that stuff was like the cool stuff to me. And here I was, a pro football player, and a lot of people probably wanted to be what I what I was. But uh, I was kind of feeling like I was missing something, so I wanted to travel. I wanted to get outside my comfort zone a teammate and I uh, decided we wanted to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in Africa. It's a 20,000-foot mountain. (laughs) Yeah, just a simple task there in the off-season. Yeah, in in our off-season. And, uh, you know, another one of these stupid ideas that (laughs) uh, you just – when I get fixated on it, I'm like, all right, let's do it. So having James Hall, who is a dear friend of mine, go with me. And uh, we went to climb, and we had a wonderful experience. We came away also with – kind of a window into what real poverty is and existing on a scale that, uh, that doesn't, that frankly just isn't present in the United States. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of problems in this country and all of them need attention. Uh, but certainly we can walk and chew gum. We can help, uh, at home and abroad. So I had an idea that, uh, I got intro to to some people that had been in the clean water, uh, game so to speak for quite a while and um they got put the bug in my ear about why it's such a wonderful cause and the cool thing about clean water is it's trackable it's easy to see the the difference your dollar's making and how far your dollar goes um that's what attracted me to clean water it wasn't like i had some epiphany uh it was a very calculated thing is how can I use my platform to affect the most change? I believe I can save the most lives, alter the most communities and uh, provide the most basic human necessity with clean water. So I launched this thing called water boys that uh, you recruit your peers in the NFL and get guys to leverage their platforms in their different markets. It's really a simple um, strategy together. We can accomplish more and lean on each other. And, uh, you know, we've been lucky, you know, I've had over 25 guys involved and, We've gotten uh, about 25 wells funded. Our goal was 32. Um, we're getting donations all the time, big and small. 32 wells for 32 teams is a goal. We're gonna we're gonna exceed that by the end of this season. I know it. Uh, and we've provided clean water for you know about 100,000 people at this point. Uh, so our next goal that we're excited to announce long term will be to serve one million people. We'll go away from the uh, the model of uh, wells in the ground to people served, and uh, we're also open to expanding geographically because Tanzania is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place, and it's also very hard to get to. So to involve NFL players, you need them to feel like it's readily accessible. So somewhere like a Haiti or Central America that's a little bit more agreeable geographically, uh, That's that's where we might branch out to, but I love that our presence is in Tanzania because that's where I first found my passion for it.
0: And that's waterboys.org, right? Yep. You can check it out, waterboys.org. Yeah, no, I've just seen some of the videos behind that and when you guys were over there, and you kind of just mentioned how clear it is to be able to see clean water and the difference of what they're actually consuming over there. It's unbelievable, and I think a lot of people definitely want to get involved when they're checking that out.
1: No doubt, man. The, the, the world would run so much more efficiently. Um, you know, half the world's hospital beds are uh, occupied by people with waterborne illness. You've got... Uh, children under five dying at an alarming rate uh, due to waterborne illness. And when you see a community that doesn't have clean water and then one that does, uh, it really sticks with you. And uh, I just think it's 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 a great vehicle to, to try to help people. I mean, it, it really is.
0: Yeah, we're going to support in any way we can. I'm also curious, what's next after football for you?
1: Uh, for me, you know, I, I'm trying to be like you. I want to have a podcast, man. Uh, honestly, uh, that's one of my... Uh, it's on my it's it's early on my list uh, I I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up so to speak uh, but <laughs> but I, I would I would enjoy having a podcast that's kind of 70 30 sports uh, pop culture um, current events being uh, what I'd talk about a little bit less but uh, mostly sports and uh, being able to run that out of our hometown in Charlottesville hopefully uh, and run my foundation and see if there's anything else I, I can fit on my plate uh, and take that time to kind of just figure things out. But uh, I, I'm certainly terrified and excited about, you know, not having that, you know, uh, built-in accountability factor of why I got to get out of bed every morning and, and go get on the grind. But, uh, but I'll be excited to, uh, to, take, it, to take it on.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing what you would call some of your crazy ideas because I know once you're done football, you're gonna have plenty of those. It's gonna be sparking some change in this world and it's gonna be fun to watch. But what are you most proud of right now?
1: Uh I guess what I'm most proud of right now is uh is probably you know being a dad. I I guess uh for me. Uh, my life definitely changed. Uh, when Whaling came along over a year ago, uh no matter how selfless you think you are you're living for yourself in a lot of ways and and uh as somebody who you know Meg and I waited a long time to have our first child um you you don't realize how much more fulfilling life is when you have that that person to really really to live for and that depends on you um and so i think being a dad is is awesome it's uh it's like a it's like a lifelong project and uh, you know, it's, it's so rewarding. Um, and the littlest things just, just restore your faith in, uh, not only, you know, the process of being a parent, but, uh, you know, in humanity and why, and why you, uh, why, why you got to believe in, in waking up every day and, and going out and doing good in the world or, uh, being there for your family because, uh, it's the ultimate thing to have to have a little you um it's so cool and obviously couldn't do it without meg cause she's she's the one when i'm at work for 12 hours for a day she's uh she's whalen's best buddy and so uh i'm certainly proud
0: of myself for being a dad but almost more more proud of the job that meg's done man it's incredible to hear really more about the man behind the mask so to speak so i mean it's fascinating just listening to you talk about that and everything you're doing off the field so Props to you. I hope you keep that up. Anything else you want my listeners to know about? Thanks, Sean.
1: I appreciate it. I mean, uh, we touched on, you know, two of the ways they can help out if they're interested in uh, some of the things I'm interested in. Certainly, uh, check out this this uh, Pledge 10 for Tomorrow initiative that's going on right now with the last 10 game checks. Again, you can check it out at www.pledgeit.org backslash Pledge 10. Uh, and you can kind of learn about some of the organizations that we're helping. Uh, again, we've raised almost 200k in two days, so every uh, donation helps. And the, the city with the most pledges, and that includes Philly. There we uh, go. <laughs> and they have been kicking ass, by the way. I mean, for a first-year guy, to get that kind of love here, it just goes to show how awesome the fans are. And uh, the city with the most pledges will get an additional $50,000 to those causes, so Check that out, out, and check out waterboys.org. And,
0: uh, those are kind of what, what I got cooking. So Awesome. We're going to get all that linked up in the show notes, and we have a huge Philly contingency who listen to this, so hopefully they're going to jump on board and support. But Chris, man, keep on kicking ass. I love following your story, and uh, best of luck with everything you have going on the rest of the season.
1: Sean, thank you so much, man, and, uh, and I've enjoyed being on. So uh,
0: see you soon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm a huge fan of Audible and definitely recommend checking it out. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suneva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and one of the cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled dstld pronounced distilled offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price their products cost just one third of what other premium brands charge because distilled refuses to work with middlemen bringing savings directly to you just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code journey10 in all caps at checkout to get 10 off your first purchase what got you there with shonda laney uh. What got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh What got you there? With got you got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.